Welcome to the Ink and Thread Podcast. This is Jeremy, CEO of Amber Creative, and this is our first episode. We have been talking about doing it for a while, and we now have the team in place to get it going. I have Kevin on video and audio. Say hi, Kevin. Hey. <laughs> so today is a very special guest. He's not only the art director of Amber, but he is a longtime friend. His name is Angelo Montiel. How's it going, Angelo? Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm happy to be here. Thank you for being uh, my first guest and potential partner in crime moving forward. We'll see how uh, how you like me after this, but <laughs> we wanted to come up with a podcast that talked not only about apparel, embroidery, applique, but also design and all things creative. So Angelo being a designer, but also um, a dapper fellow, <laughs> I think it's a good start. And we're, you know, we're, we're practicing. This is our first time. So hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully we can bring you value. A little bit of background. I have been in custom apparel for probably about 20 years. My brother ran a clothing company back in California in the early 90s. So ever since I was in junior high, I have been at screen printers, embroiders, dye houses, cut and sew houses. And so somehow I got a love for apparel. I wanted to be an engineer, but after Calculus 2, I said no more. And so why not go into the fashion world? So fast forward 15 years, uh, I was three or four years of starting Amber and my business partner at the time was an art director at a local resort wear company. We, we started our friendship, our relationship there, and then probably seven years later, he has not only been freelancing for us, but he came on to Amber two and a half years ago. All right, Angelo, now that the world knows about me, I don't need to talk about myself anymore. Tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from. For sure. Uh, I was born in uh, city of Juarez, that is Mexico, uh, back in 1985. Uh, I've been an artist all my life. I, I think I started drawing when I was, you know, a few, a few years old. There's pictures of me drawing and painting when I was a little, little baby. So it's, it's, it's been in my DNA uh, for the longest time, I think, you know, forever. So uh, we moved here back in 97. We moved, things were getting kind of bad, uh, a lot of violence, a lot of crime. Uh, my dad lost his job, so he decided to move us to the US. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a hard, you know, hard move, but uh, I, I'm so thankful to my parents that they decided to move for us, so. And who's us? How many people are in your family? I have uh, two sisters, younger sisters. Well, go, kind of going back a little bit, it's it's probably like you were you almost had to take this fatherly role in your family, Correct. especially yeah. having younger sisters. Like they didn't have that. I, I don't know if your dad was around, but e either if if he's not there on a daily basis, you become that you know someone that not only brother but father role. So I bet mm -hmm. you know that's tough. The one crazy thing or awesome thing is that you know your parents 
risked it all to come here. You know, that whole American dream, mm -hmm. you are, you're living that. I'm which, living that, you know, yeah. Which yeah. is pretty amazing. And a lot of people don't get out. So, um, you know, kudos to your parents for, for, sure, yeah. for taking that leap and seeing the opportunity in America. Yeah. So when you were growing up and designing, how did you get good grades in school or were you one that just you would doodle instead of I was <laughs> I was actually a pretty good student. I you know I was almost like a straight A in you know B B plus kind of student uh, uh, for reasons unknown. I guess money. I couldn't attend college, so after high school, it was like okay, I'm pretty good at art. I I can't afford art school. It's so expensive. How do I how do I do what I love? So. I did go to community college you know, for a couple years, paying out of my pocket. It was so expensive and not doing worse. But uh, after that, I, I started doing art for my friends. I started doing logos for my friends, for you know local companies. Uh, local kid in school had like a little rap group. So he's like, hey, can you design a t-shirt for me? I was like, I think I can. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to get it on the shirt but I can draw on the shirt so I used to draw with sharpies and paint and like old school nice. straight to the shirt uh, and then in uh, school I kind of learned about screen printing and that's where it kind of triggered my my whole love of apparel and design so so where did what uh, software were you using to design back then uh, actually illustrator illustrator what version? man it was probably like uh, three illustrator three or right. illustrator four all you youngins out there that have been spoiled with the creative cloud back then if not was only expensive most people i know had the bit torrent uh -huh. yeah. illustrator back then to afford it but nowadays you know the monthly cloud has i, I think it's been a, a a positive thing for designers everywhere it's a for little sure. more affordable for sure but illustrator 3 you will never know about it so <laughs> i unless it's jimmy jimmy you probably know <laughs> so in school i was i was kind of worried about software you know like you said it was so expensive it was like you know three thousand dollars and so expensive and you needed a really good computer i didn't have a computer so i kind of had my friend help me build a pc like really low quality PC and then I had a friend give me a bootleg copy of Illustrator. Nice. Don't listen to this Adobe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he gave me a copy of Illustrator and Photoshop and I, I made it happen. I mean I started doing that and I started designing for more people and trying to uh, you know sharpen my skills and learn new tricks. How do you draw something on paper? How do you get it on the computer? And I guess to Illustrator or Photoshop and it was just back in the day there used to be this uh, Adobe uh, I think it was Adobe Streamline uh, old school so that's the new uh, now it's called um, it's on Illustrator it's like a preset which is live trace uh, but it it was like a separate uh, program that you needed to buy to make your drawings into vector so it's awesome. it's really old school so I no, sound, that's great. I, I mean, sound super old. <laughs> you started when it was tough, so I feel like yeah. as as Illustrator and Photoshop progressed, you were it was just adapting and learning some of the new features. Correct. Um, that's great, man. So, how, what was your first job to get into the apparel world? Uh, like I said, you know, doing 
designs at a for my friends but then I actually found a post on I think I attended like a job fair right and I saw this company was hiring for screen print technician I said I don't know what that means sounds, that's, sounds that's awesome. yeah it's been it's been it, that's been my whole life where I don't know what it means I don't know what it takes but I'm gonna try it and hope for the best and try my best and so I applied for this job they didn't call me for the you know for the next six months so it was me calling back every other week hey uh, are you guys still hiring are you still hiring uh, they finally called me back I started uh, at a at the back of the screen print uh, shop at the back of the screen print shop uh, reclaiming screens cleaning ink taping screens uh, rescreening screens I don't know if that's a so term dirty jobs dirty jobs yeah <laughs> physical I think, labor I think that was on on an episode of dirty jobs it's 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 pretty bad so I started there they had a position open for darkroom operator so old school once again yeah films burning films uh burning screens uh i said i would do it i would try it i don't know how to do it but i'll i'll, I'll learn i'm a i'm a quick learn so i i did that for a few months they offered a position as the uh direct screen film operator so it was a new machine I said, I don't know how to do it, but I'll learn once again. Was it a I, promotion and a raise or just a title change? It, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> it was All in right. the, it was pretty much Congress. in the, yeah, for sure. It was in the same room. So I did a, I did a little session with the, with the manager and I learned how to do it. Uh, I did that for a few months and they said, who knows how to use Illustrator because we need to burn some film. Nice. I said, well, I know how to use Illustrator, so I'll try it. I uh, did that for a few months. It was pretty easy. I know Illustrator, Photoshop, so I started messing with you know the channels and the the film and the layers uh, came pretty pretty natural. Awesome. It was a production artist position open, and they said anybody wants to apply, feel free. I applied. I got the job. Did that for a few. I want to say two or three years. And that's where I met your your past uh, partner, and uh, uh, he saw something in me that maybe I didn't see in myself, which was a be a true creative artist. Um, push myself, and I applied for that position as a creative artist. I got it, and I was there for a few years. I met you pretty soon after. Uh, I loved Amber and the. The things you guys do and let, let's pause there sorry to interrupt you pause there mm -hmm. real quick and kind of before we get into the creative side which brought you here is going back you know to you getting a job i hear you know a lot of people whether it's on social media or in interviews about not being able to find a job but they're putting it in the hands of the business that they're applying for people are like well i filled out the paperwork or gave them my resume and I never heard back and they're like, you know, no one's hiring, but you prove that if you really want to do something, don't re rely on whoever the hire manager is to pick your resume out of hundreds of resumes. Mm -hmm. It's show that you're persistent, show sure. that you want the job. Again, six months, most people would have been 
on to the next thing, but you really wanted to get into this world and that just shows not only the type of person you are, but a lesson for, you know, everyone out there. Like if you really want a job, don't just rely on filling out a form online, go into the business, introduce yourself, connect with people on LinkedIn. Like they need to see who you are because a lot of the companies, they have this software that they'll run your resume through. And if you don't, if you don't say the right words in your resume, they won't even look at it. So you're relying on a robot to, to filter yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. To pick you out of the, the stack of applications. Yeah. So the true. passion, you know, and I've had a couple friends, you know, I, I, gave this advice to and it's like if you really want to how can you differentiate yourself from the hundreds of other people you know as a designer you could have easily printed out your portfolio mailed it to them have nice packaging a nice letter and that would get you probably at least in the door for an interview versus i'm going to apply for this job and most people don't even read you know, you need a cover letter and a job uh, and a resume and a portfolio, but really a lesson learned is to, if, if there's something you want, really want to do, don't just rely on one avenue of applying for the job, be creative. If you're creative, come up with creative ways to try to get the job, right? Yes, exactly. Cool. So fast forwarding it, when you became a creative artist, I remember Dave connected us and you, you back then Amber was literally a I would say maybe 300 square foot office there uh -huh. was four of us I remember and, that yeah and we were all back to back and Dave took you to lunch and I think you guys were talking about um, you know you freelancing for us or maybe even coming to work for us I can't remember but um, you know everyone everyone loved you and I think just right after that is when you know, me and Dave start decided to part ways, um, but we always, I guess, kept in touch because up until then, we always freelance artwork out. We had freelancers all over the country, and you know, you being local, I didn't even know of your design skills at that point um, until we were like, "Hey, you want to freelance for us?" And so, you know, you being that creative artist, what are some of the things that you had to do that you had no clue about when you were becoming going from production art which you know is very monotonous very regimented versus a creative artist where now you have to generate original ideas mm -hmm, correct i'm gonna tell you a funny story before we continue the day the day before they they called me for the interview uh i was about to start a apprenticeship at a tattoo shop so imagine that I could have been this tattoo artist, but they they called me last minute to interview for this uh, screen printer tech, and uh, you'd be covered with tattoos. Right I would have been covered with tattoos, yeah, for sure. Teardrop on your eye, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so going back to your question, um, something that I didn't understand back then is the different. The different looks, the different vibes that uh, either your client's asking for or you see the the market is asking for, and how to achieve that trend and that look, uh, pretty much starting from scratch. Because you're you first you start with an idea, a theme, a vibe, uh, a purpose, or a type of uh, engagement you're looking for. So 
that's what I didn't understand and I was still kind of shy about it. it's like this is hard I don't know what I'm doing kind of thing you know we all suffer from uh, I don't know what I'm doing yeah. I'm not good enough and uh, I feel like I'm I'm good I'm, I'm pretty good now <laughs> so what was your style back like before then what would you say your your design style was you know I, I know you said like you did some like graffiti type of things mm -hmm. but what was mm -hmm. what would encompass your style Back then, I felt like it was very freeform, very, uh, even though my art style now kind of shows that a little bit of uh, style I used to have back then, which was hand painted, uh, spray painted, uh, freeform, all over the place. Maybe I didn't know, maybe I didn't understand how production works, right? So it'd be like, oh, up in the shoulder and up in the, on the, the side, side the, yeah, the side print, oh, right? Yeah. And, uh, inside out and all this all this uh, sounds cool and all but uh, trying to think of creative ways mm -hmm. to put a graphic on a t-shirt but and yeah uh, as we like to uh you know have kind of hating sessions mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. you know people putting unflattering prints you know sure. that's part of our philosophy of you know all because you can doesn't mean you should for sure and so you know you're only picking that side print because you want something, oh, that's never been done, For but sure. not understanding that it's not flattering. No one really wants the focal point to be their stomach or their side mm -hmm. or, you know, their lower chest or whatever it might yeah. be. So like, those are the things that most graphic designers that don't have that apparel experience mm -hmm. really, you know, they don't understand that their design and then the production of that sure. design, which, you know, it comes with time, but, um, it's quite a process. And I think that's something that every graphic artist kind of goes through, you know, when you're learning apparel design, you want to be different you want to be, uh, you want to stand out. You want to make this, uh, really, uh, almost awkward looking print, you know, something that kind of stands out. But once you get in the apparel business and you get experience, you'll learn that there's only, you know, a handful of locations that you need and you just got to prove your skills and uh with you know that type of special treatment you give it either textures either really good illustration uh specialty so i think that's something that every artist goes through so yeah and i think you know one thing that i am vocal about on social media and you know linkedin and twitter of you know the design is just one aspect of that t-shirt you know all because you make a cool design on a computer doesn't mean it's going to translate on a t-shirt well or you know you can print a design on a shirt but that that's not utilizing the medium as a as a creative the more you know about it the better of a designer you can be like i know a lot of great illustrators but you know when it comes to t-shirts they have no clue about number of colors mesh counts you know placements or locations mm -hmm. you know and that's the one the hardest thing especially when we're working here with customer submitted artwork that might not have the t-shirt experience is you know how do we work with a design that wasn't intent like it was digital and now we have to turn it into you know a wearable piece and Correct. it doesn't always translate no matter if you're uh, a beginner or even a professional like there's a lot of times that it doesn't work and so as your skills grew as your designs grew because i know dave was a big 
you know, proponent, and this is, was our Amber philosophy from the beginning, all the different styles, you know, streetwear, artistic, vintage, action sports. As you were learning all this, who was your inspiration or who were you inspired by um, other designers or creatives, um, you know, to kind of influence some of your, some of your design skills? I think uh, Ralph Lauren has been always been an inspiration of mine. Uh, I always liked, you know, his aesthetic, uh, his colors, his his vibe. I mean, he created this look that is now considered American. You know, the American brand. Oh yeah. And that documentary was great. Oh, it was so good. Um, I'm like on my third. Uh, really? Yeah. We watched. So. I'll hit it the second time after it. I. I uh, went and did a ton of just market research and I have a little folder of just mm -hmm. all like from him as a young guy and all those different looks. Um, yeah, he, I mean, what he's done, you know, he's like one of the only fashion designers that can wear cowboy boots and a cowboy hat yeah. and still be respected among For fashionistas, sure. you know. And then he's wearing like a, he's, he's, he's wearing a tuxedo with it, you know, like yeah. a, like a nice jacket with it and he makes it work and it's, yep. That's that's something that is really interesting to me, how you can create this look and this brand and be unique. Um, and it doesn't go out of style. Like it's sure. always nostalgic. It's a classic. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see it ever losing steam. You know, it yeah. could if, if they don't keep up with it. But yeah. I, I just think that that look is is timeless. Mm -hmm. uh, second, I mean, uh, I was a really uh, big fan of Mark Echo, the Echo yeah. brand. Uh, he he did uh, things on shirts that I never seen before, the special things and the the tie treatments and the full illustrations and uh, even though maybe he's not in charge of it anymore, yeah. but I still I'm a big fan of his uh, you know from the earlier years and that uh, kind of gives me that drives like I need to make my 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 brand one of these days because I I would like to have that experience you know have that that life moment when I go, oh, I designed that uh, because of this or that, and that person is wearing it, and it, it looks cool, and it uh, shows a little bit of me, so. That's great. So, kind of on that inspiration side, going into what drives you, so outside of your day-to-day, -day, I know a little bit about this, but can you tell everyone out there that outside of what you do, you know, during the work hours, what drives you? What What is your hobbies? What do you find yourself doing outside of just sitting behind a computer and designing? I'm a, I like to consider myself a, a restless creative. Uh, I always see something that is hanging or uh, something that I buy. I, I like to modify it. I like to make it my own. I like to, you know, make things unique. Uh, make them stand out, make them my own. And uh, you, uh, I designed, you know, some, I, did, I, I just tie-dyed this champion hoodie and I think it's pretty cool. And that's, you know, the type of stuff I like to do is just kind of make new stuff. A one-of-a-kind piece. For sure. There's, I know there's one project that you started a couple years ago mm -hmm. and haven't finished, mm -hmm. but... We've talked about it, that Carhartt jacket where yeah, yeah. you want to 
you know, kind of distress it a little uh-huh, bit. Uh-huh. You know, I think one of the things of having that list of one day, you know, hopefully that one day will become something Someday, versus yeah. that one day will become a never. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that I think just keeping it in front of your mind and talking about it, one day you will get to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think a lot of, and there's with me, a lot of projects I've started and just have gone on the shelf because we are creatives. Like we love starting and building, but the finishing and the launching becomes difficult sometimes because yeah. you always get that next best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys can go, he's gonna, Angelo's gonna share his social media channels later and you gotta go check out his champion um, hoodie. Again, you can learn anything on YouTube. So like being able to find how people are doing it and then just taking your own way and making it your own. Like I used to do that a lot. I used to make duct tape wallets back in the day, like duct tape backpacks. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. you know, my mom was a seamstress and I was learning how to sew clothes before I did any like manly stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, all ever since I was young, I was always doing stuff and I, I stopped doing that for years and years. And then just in the last year or two, you know, I've been trying to find a hobby because currently running the business and then my hobby is like Pinterest and other things that have to do with the business, which I don't ever get a break. So <laughs> I think sometimes it drains me. So I need yeah. to learn like, what are some other things I can do um, besides t-shirts and apparel but um kind of going on those those diy projects um what i've seen from your insta stories is that you're quite a thrifter or you're a picker Uh picker picker as in (laughs) picker finds not Uh a a jeremy picker so tell me a little bit like uh what what do you what do you like, like, why do you go to thrift stores? Do you always buy something? Do you do you go there just to see if there's anything that stands out to you? Are you doing market research? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I go thrifting for several reasons, you know? One of them is, like you said, trying to find inspiration, find interesting colorways. Uh, you always see me, t- you know, taking pictures and uh, showing them on, on Instagram. So you'll see tons of pictures. I like textures, you know, I'm a, I consider myself a, uh, pretty good at textures. So it, almost every design that you see of mine has a unique texture and, and uh, treatment. So a lot of those I find on the streets, uh, I found a really cool brick wall texture that I'll make into a texture that we can use on designs awesome. pretty soon. So uh, uh, I really like uh, old school fonts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, typefaces, uh, logos. I like colorways. I anything that kind of sparks my imagination. I like to either take a mental note of it, take a picture of it, or just trying to mimic it uh, into my own work. That's great. One thing you didn't tell everyone is that you have an awesome beard and <laughs> you are uh, I don't, a beard connoisseur. Is that a, <laughs> is that a thing? Sure. What yeah. if you have an Instagram account called Mile High Beard Company, right? Yeah. Mile High Beard. Ma- yeah, Mile High Beard Supply Company. Beard Supply Company. Yes. And that's that's a page that I review uh, beard oils and beard balms and all kinds of things. I like to 
uh, keep my beard looking nice. So yeah. that's that's something that I. It's uniform. Uh -huh. it's, it's healthy. <laughs> Has so. a nice shape. Yeah. Yeah, so. man. It's it's heavy. So one last kind of topic to talk about uh, as far as your day-to-day -day is what are a couple projects that you have done in the last 15 years that really stand out that will always be like you know one of the best projects that you've worked on to date yeah for sure uh, I did uh, this cool design for the Broncos Denver Broncos I'm a huge you know a football fan oh, so yeah uh, we did this design for um, the, uh, what's a, a It was charity? called Taste of the Broncos. Taste of the it Broncos. Was, uh, the annual Broncos charity mixed yeah. with uh, local chefs. Yeah, so on that one, it, it was really special because I it, it, it involved all my, all my passions, <laughs> which is, you know, football, the Broncos, and food. Yes. So <laughs> I... And vintage t-shirts. Vintage t-shirts, <laughs> yeah. So... I designed this mascot that uh, is a hybrid of uh, different eras of the Broncos mascot. So it included a little bit of the old school horse and saw the new helmets. And it just, I made my own mascot out of my inspiration. And uh, it's one of my favorites. You know, the textures come out great. Yeah. The print looks soft. great and soft. And that's, that's one of my favorites. The, and it, it's an official licensed Broncos designer. Yes. You didn't even have to pay for the license, which for is the sure, best. yeah. <laughs> and then we saw some uh, some cheerleaders and uh, players wearing it. So oh, yeah. that's a win-win. I can't complain. That's it's awesome. Yeah, I love that's... I love my life and in, in, uh, in my job and the people that are uh, around me. So I can't complain. It's awesome, man. What's on your desk right now? Mm. What? home or office you know i know you have some toys yes and uh, collectibles collectibles sorry they're called collectibles adult, uh, adult collectibles uh, sounds no. kind of weird sorry, no so what's on your desk right now so uh i am in love with vintage uh toys uh i have this little vintage robot collection that i'm building uh eventually i want to make some uh vintage robot designs that I can put on uh, like t-shirts or posters whatever but that's one of my goals of, of the many uh, I love you know vintage uh, collectibles robots uh, I like anime too not a lot of people know that oh Kevin, yeah Kevin my knows. next question is <laughs> what is something you wish people knew about you or didn't know about you oh man that's in what is your favorite cartoon uh, it's called anime well, anime is a genre of cartoon, right? What is yeah, your favorite yeah. anime cartoon? <laughs> My favorite anime cartoon is Dragon Ball, which is Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball the original. Yeah, there you go. Nope, oh, nope, okay. nope. Sorry, my parents didn't let me watch that. <laughs> no, but that's one of my uh, one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Like Ninja Turtles, that's also uh, one of my favorites. I have like a I have originals uh, of the Ninja Turtle toys nice. at home, and uh, yeah. That's great, man. Well, Angelo, thank you for sharing about your journey, a little bit about you know your upbringing, and then your 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 journey and your career. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Angelo Montiel Design 
on Instagram. Uh, we'll link that uh, just in case you don't know how to spell it. For sure. Uh, uh, my beard. Uh, um, yeah. My <laughs> Where can we find your beard other yeah. than on your face? Yeah, you'll find it on Instagram also. Malhai Beard Supply Company. Uh, you'll find cool reviews on beard oil and stuff. Um, I'm also working on a website, uh, slowly but surely, and uh, I'll start creating some cool things I want to share with the world, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Angelo. Um, everyone out there, all of the designs that we're coming out with that we're sharing on social media is uh, the brainchild of Angelo. Some of them, me and him collaborate on some. Sometimes uh, it's 100% Angelo. All the design is Angela. I don't design, but I have creative input. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it's that's one of the one of the secrets. I think is you just need good ideas. You know, not not just because you can do something, it means you should do it. Uh, it's gonna have a good design, good purpose, good good um, production, good 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 everything. And, that's what we have here, so. Yeah, we are an idea factory, yeah. so we have plenty to work from. Well, thank you guys. This has been our first podcast. It went a little longer than we planned, but we're working it out. I hope you enjoy it. Please follow along. I don't know what uh, platforms we're going to be posting this on, but follow us, and we will be having other guests in the future, and... We appreciate you listening to the Ink and Thread podcast sponsored by Amber Creative. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much.